What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 60. Yes, we've made it to 60 episodes of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. And this week we'll be discussing our usual NXT and NXT UK recap. Uh, I've got a special guest host with us this week who I'll be introducing very, very soon. We're also going to be looking at uh, NXT being a, one of our favourite themes going to the USA Network. So uh, it will be moving kind of to, from the WWE Network. Uh, we'll talk more about that and going to more of a mainstream network in America. Uh, so all of the pros and cons and uh, all the information that we know of so far regarding NXT going to USA Network. Uh, but before all of that, just want to throw out my usual clubs or uh, where you can find me on social media um if you're on twitter look out for us on twitter we are at with jonas underscore pod uh if you're on instagram go and uh, find us on instagram instagram.com forward slash wrestling with jonas where you can find all of our daily posts there and our facebook group go on to facebook search wrestling with jonas and look for our very interactive a very fun and interesting uh, social page that we've got on Facebook. Just search Wrestling with Jonas there. And of course, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please don't forget to hit like, subscribe, share, and shout about the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. This is the only podcast for all of your NXT and NXT UK needs. We talk about WWE. We cover WWE pay-per-views and all of the news from the WWE, of course. And uh, promotions from all over the world so uh, if you like your wrestling you're going to love the wrestling with jonas podcast so listen to us each and every week and please don't forget to spread the word tell your friends and tell your family and help to grow this podcast so that we can continue producing quality content for you each and every week so without further ado I want to introduce our guest host for this week uh, so for those of you that uh, are part of our wrestling with jonah's facebook community page you've probably seen posts from ashley um our guest host and uh, we'll introduce ashley clements onto the wrestling with jonah's podcast this week ashley hi good evening how are you buddy hello there john very good there yeah, okay. great to have you on board. Uh, this is your podcast debut, um, so nothing to be worried about, um, but uh, we welcome uh, Ashley on board and uh, part of the Wrestling with Jonas team from now on. So uh, I should imagine that we'll be hearing a lot more from Ashley in future episodes, but Ashley's going to help us cover NXT, NXT UK. We'll have a little look at the TakeOver Cardiff card a little later on. And of course, we're going to be talking a bit about NXT moving to the USA Network very, very soon. Just to uh, recap on uh, some special episodes that we've got coming up on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast very, very soon. Uh, so next Friday, which I believe is the 30th of August, I'll have Kieran Reid back on the show where we'll be covering and recapping the usual NXT and NXT UK like we do every single week. But it will be the day before NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. So it'll be a special preview show uh, covering the TakeOver Cardiff card in more detail, talking about uh, matches um, and uh, basically... Just a previewing uh, how the TakeOver Cardiff card is looking. Bit of a go-home episode off the back of next week's NXT UK show. Um, on this Saturday, uh, I will be in Cardiff watching NXT UK TakeOver. Um, and I think uh, Ashley and Kieran are both going to be there. So I'm hoping to meet up with them too and uh, have a bit of a catch-up. Um, but I'll be watching TakeOver Cardiff in person in Cardiff on Saturday the 31st. 
And on the 1st of September, I'll be covering, I'll be reviewing the entire show from Cardiff with David Anderson, a long-time listener and fan, uh, fan and friend of the podcast, who's been on the podcast many times before. And on Sunday the 1st, me and David would be covering TakeOver Cardiff, uh, a full review on Sunday. On Monday the 2nd, uh, I'll be joined by Ash Crawford and Chris Thornton as we cover AEW's second pay-per-view, All Out. Um, and uh, All Out takes place on... Saturday night, Sunday morning, if you're in the UK, and we'll be covering it on Monday, the 2nd of September. So plenty of big episodes of Wrestling with Jonas to look forward to. But uh, we are back with Ashley. So, uh, Ashley, thanks again for helping us today. Um, because you're fairly new to the podcast, you've not done a podcast before, you've not been on the Wrestling with Jonas show before. I want to know a little bit more about uh, you and your, your kind of love for professional wrestling. Uh, so t- tell me um, how you first came across professional wrestling. Who introduced you to uh, wrestling, uh, professional wrestling, whether it be as a, as a child or as a teenager? So how did you first come across professional wrestling? Who introduced you to this great sport that you love? Well, it was quite a weird one, really. Um, I have a vivid memory. It was about, I think, New Year's of '99. I was around a friend's house at a party, mm-hmm. and when just crossing, um, moving across the house, someone had the TV on. There was a spotted in the corner of the eye. The wrestling was, was on. Yeah. So I think that what was going, um, what was this going on? And I've had, I think, I have a vivid memory of the uh, the infamous uh, pink slip on the pole match between the Rock and Mankind. Yeah. Uh, it was just maybe that then I think I had school friends I can't remember who roughly intrigued me into it but um, told me I had to go have a look at this then it was basically at the time June say the peak era of the Attitude Era 2000 early 2000 around January yep. time, so it's obviously watching Raw on a Friday night then you would watch Smackdown at the old days at 10 o'clock on the Sky 1 on a Saturday morning yes I remember yeah, and uh, yeah. so so you were introduced at uh, quite quite a pivotal time in wrestling history, really, kind of the, the mm. Attitude Era, like I say, around 99 and 2000, the WWE or WWF, as it probably was back then, was a really hot time. A lot of uh, big names getting over. Obviously, Triple H was uh, just becoming world champion around then. Uh, mm. Obviously, The Rock was in his prime. You obviously had Steve Austin uh, still in his prime around 99, 2000 as well. Um, but so the Attitude Era was in its full swing and, and probably the, the last year or so of WCW. So I think by then the WWF had probably already won the Monday Night Wars um, and uh, things were looking fairly bleak for them, but uh, very positive for the WWF. So who were some of your favourite wrestlers back then and who have you grown up kind of... Uh, enjoying as far as professional wrestlers are concerned who have you who's been your favorite standout wrestlers over the years then Ashley would you say uh say so when I first started it was like like well it was like Triple H is the main draw for me at the time it's literally someone who's like, well not cocky I haven't healed but he was someone who's delivered over time yeah <clears throat> and I think mainly the matches he had with Mick Foley was to catch his jack in the street fight Royal Rumble then having the hell in the cell match the year the month after yeah, he cemented him as the top dominant heel of the year. Then Most also, yeah. someone else that really caught my eye also was Kurt Angle, because someone who was obviously dearly amateur from '96, winning the gold medal, breaking neck and neck, and taken into pro wrestling from debut was it Survivor Series '99, mm. then within a year winning the world title. And someone to pick it up that quick is quite impressive. Definitely, yeah. So what uh, you mentioned some some big names there, but um, you still follow wrestling avidly now. And um, I think 
one of the one of the things that stand out about uh, me and, and, and looking at you on social media is you go to a lot of indie shows, uh, predominantly progress. So you're you're a big progress mm. wrestling fan, and you watch a lot of their uh, a lot of their chapters, a lot of their live shows. Uh, so tell us about uh, how you got into progress when you first started watching them, and uh, what, what sort of venues have you seen them in? So I got into progress around September of last year. Friend couple of friends I went to an English show for IPW Milton Kings and that shows there recommended oh we should go definitely check out a progress show so I said okay and ironically enough I was in London doing a charity event on the day they were doing their big Wembley show last year yeah and I've been to shows ever since they're the only show I've missed in well I've only missed two shows in London so far since I've been going from chapter 76 which was Hello Wembley which was on boxing of last year and their June show this year yeah yeah, and, and uh, did you manage to go to Hello Wembley? Because that was one hell of a, a show. I'm, I'm sure that you've seen it on uh, on demand. If you didn't, was you there in person? Yeah, I was there in person. Yeah, because when I did wow. my charity event, it finished. I think we finished it at roughly about two o'clock, and I had to get across from. I'm trying to think where we were now. It was Bank, uh, roughly around the Bank area of London. Yeah, trying to get to there. Wembley, isn't it? So there were quite a fair few tube lines close. So I had to get on, try to get collecting lines and jubilee lines. The only clear lines get to Wembley yeah yeah fun and games so you would have seen um a main event featuring two people that we're going to be talking about a lot later on so the main event for hello Wembley last August was for the progress world title Walter versus Tyler Bate and uh you know coincidentally that's going to be the main event of NXT UK takeover Cardiff um so uh I mean that was one hell of a battle between Walter and Tyler Bates in that main yeah. event at Wembley Arena last summer uh, what what are your memories from that show and what are your memories from that main event in particular? Uh, memories from that show have um, well, first off you had it was well, it's been billed as it was built as Riddle's last independent show, but obviously he's now going to be at Progress is a uh, big September show with Keith Lee next month. Yeah, uh, teaming up against Mustache Mountain of Tyler Bay and Trent Seven. Uh, you also had it was Trent also beat <coughs> Doug Williams for the Progress Atlas title, which um, which had to force uh, Doug Williams into retirement. That's right. He has the oh, European dream match of Ilya Dragunov versus Pete Dunne, which was, yes. uh, which was the first instance I had into Dragunov and someone I've never, I'd heard of, but I've never seen much of wrestling. Yeah, well, I don't and think it, many people had it at that point. I think that uh, his match against Pete Dunne um, at Wembley was kind of a lot of people's introduction to Ilya Dragunov. And now, of course, a lot of people have, you know, uh, are more familiar with Dragunov with it being part of the uh, NXT UK brand. Um, but um, yeah, that was the first time I'd come across him, to be honest with you, was when I saw him against Pete Dunne in that match at Wembley. But uh, yeah, carry on. Yeah, I think there was also, really, I've heard like, reports that there was a match either that year or the previous year he had with Walter, which he, Beat well because he's got probably one of the best records against Walter in, his, in anyone's career. Right. He's won three and only lost two. Yeah. Was... I know that they fought quite a few times in Germany for the WXW brand. Mm. Um, so that's probably where they've had a lot of their matches. But uh, and, and there was uh, uh, probably the match of the night or one of the matches of the night was um, Mark Andrews versus Eddie Dennis. Um, and it was a bit of mm. a 
bit of a, a street fight, bit of a anything goes sort of match. And there was um, some pretty uh, amazing spots that did the round on the internet afterwards. Certainly uh, that body slam off the ladder through the table, is, it certainly sticks out in my memory. That match was brutal to watch. Numerous times I was going through my head, even people behind me were switching going, I pray the guys go through a table. I please pray for the guys. When they, the first bump, they didn't go through the table. I thought, oh, okay, okay. Then the next one didn't happen. Then again, you think, oh, God, this is going to happen. <laughs> but it was, okay. just, it was just the weird, weird TLC match where you think, oh, they're going to go through, well, they're going to use all these gimmicks and go, have to go through it. Yeah, not to happen. But the biggest pop of the well of the match is when Eddie Dennis hits his finisher, puts Mark Andrews from the through the table from the top of the ladder, then grabs goes up the ladder and grabs his contract for an open title 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 match. But now yeah. Eddie's now done with progress, so that's out of the window. Now for him to use that now. Yeah, that was a real shame. I would have loved to have seen Eddie Dennis to kind of cash in his opportunity for the Progress World title. would love to have seen him go up against Walter and that opportunity never happened. And once again, um, injury kind of played its hand in uh, Eddie Dennis's uh, opportunities there. But um, we've seen him uh, do the odd kind of promo, uh, his recovery from his latest uh, injury. Uh, I think it's a shoulder tear or something like that. And, it uh, was, but, uh, well, I think it was, I think it was I'm not too sure if it was pectoral. It was definitely either shoulder or pectoral muscle because he yeah. did the opposite one. Did the opposite one in 2018. So he had surgery right. at a similar time layoff he had to have. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I uh, can't wait for him to uh, come back and uh, show what he's capable of doing on the NXT UK brand. And uh, i got a feeling that when he comes back, he could be coming back as a babyface. You know, I think that he's got a good opportunity to come back as a babyface there. But uh, what do you think? Uh, potentially, but I think it, the only way, way he's been built so far next to UK has been built as a, as, as a heel. So it's hard to say normally when you have people go off and lay off for injury when they come back. The most this mark I think of to actually first to his quad. Yeah, that build up, um, the video package he had roughly around Vengeance in 2001, the week debuted back in Madison Square Garden and he was face. But yeah. then by the lead up to SummerSlam 2002, he turns on Shawn Michaels and Turn back ill. There we go. There we go. But uh, I'm just kind of imagining the pop he's going to get when he comes out um, unexpectedly, possibly at uh, Takeover Cardiff, my friend. And it wouldn't yeah. surprise me with him being uh, from South Wales for him to make an appearance of some description. Probably not a physical appearance because I don't think he'll be yeah. up for any physical altercations. You oh. never know. But uh, I reckon he'll make an appearance uh, next Saturday night. He, de- he definitely some, makes some form of appearance. I think he is medically cleared at first because he did say when he was, made his farewell appearance progress that he is medically cleared versus getting down to the final details of how much he can and can't do in the ring as such. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've, now that you've said that, I've kind of got a bit of an inkling as far as what capacity we might see Eddie Dennis in. But uh, I'm not going to spoil my thoughts now. I might kind of keep it until next Friday's episode with Kieran and let you know where I think Eddie Dennis might kind of come into it. But uh, there we go. Moving on then, Ashley, um, let's talk about NXT a little bit. And there was, um, there's been rumblings over the last few weeks that NXT was going to move into uh, a two-hour show, a live show. First of all, it was expected that um, NXT might be going to a, a, a different network, possibly 
FS1, which is like a sports channel, a subsidiary of uh, the Fox Network in America. And of course, Fox has picked up SmackDown um, and they'll be showing SmackDown from October um, on Friday nights um, in, a, in a huge money making deal for the WWE. And of course, Monday Night Raw starts its uh, new uh, contract with the USA Network later on this autumn as well. Um, so kind of two big money-making deals there for both Raw and SmackDown. Um, so the rumour was that NXT was going to be going to FS1 to start off with. Uh, but that didn't happen and kind of almost uh, out of the blue, it was announced that NXT will be going to the USA Network. Now, as I've already mentioned, the USA Network already uh, is the home of Monday Night Raw um, and um, NXT will be shown on the USA Network on Wednesday nights, starting from the 18th of September. Now, the changes that we're aware of are that uh, NXT is going to be going from a one-hour pre-recorded uh, tape show to a two-hour live show every single week from 8 until 10 on Wednesdays. And that, coincidentally, is going to be exactly the same time slot as AEW's um, TV show, Wednesday Night Dynamite, 8 till 10 every Wednesday on the TNT network. So, first of all, uh, what, what were your thoughts when you heard that uh, NXT was going to be going from one hour to two hours and from pre-recorded to live. What were your thoughts when you first heard that? Was you kind of um, a, a little bit sceptical? Was you excited by the news? What were your initial thoughts, Ashley? Um, kind of 50-50, really. It's quite exciting, obviously. Um, it's getting the big brand, obviously, out to wide orders. Obviously, NXT is just usually just on the network, so obviously you can, <coughs> you'll have the occasional viewers come onto it from well, the American side of it. Um, it's just using to see if... Um, also debuting new talent as well. Uh, so I get them across, get new eyes onto that, onto those characters, and obviously try to build storylines with those people. Um, yeah. The only thing I can think of, well, could be negative, oh, positive for me, is obviously if it's a Vince idea, obviously he'd try to stop it from being pre-recorded in case, like the whole thing of during been Monday Night Wars was, oh, uh, Eric Bischoff used to spoil um, outcomes of pre-taped wars. That's so right, that's right. That might be a help for them, obviously, because obviously if they're going live, it stops the competition trying to spoil um, results that might happen on their show so people don't want to view it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that uh, the general vibe from the wrestling community online was that uh, two hours might be too much. We've always been kind of... I think one of the big pluses and one of the big positives to NXT has always been that one hour is, is, is quite manageable. It's um, a, a good length, so it keeps you wanting to come back and, and have more the next week, keeps you wanting to come back for more. Um, where two hours, it could potentially uh, be one hour too much. But my thoughts were that the second hour could give... NXT's roster, it's quite a large roster on the NXT brand, uh, more of them an opportunity to get TV time, to make more of the name for themselves. And we've just seen the NXT breakout tournament with uh, eight new individuals that have just been signed to the NXT brand, get a little bit of a, a, an opportunity to get some exposure on TV, on the NXT uh, TV show, of course. And it will give individuals like that and others you don't see very often an opportunity to get some TV time and maybe more storylines as well. Uh, um, my fear is, is that um, they might use this opportunity 
for a second hour to maybe get some main roster talent on the show, which I don't think is really what the NXT, the fans of NXT want, to be honest with you. They want it to be a separate brand. Um, and I think the biggest fear with it going on such a big network like the USA Network is that there's going to be that temptation of Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn getting involved and tinkering with the NXT products. Now, ever since NXT became um, kind of... The, the, the brand, the products that we love so much for the last five or six years now, it's always been Triple H at the helm with his full sale crew. Um, do, do you think there's a chance that Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn and just the guys that kind of control the main roster might want to tinker with the NXT brand once it goes to the USA Network? Uh, I don't actually think so as much. I think this has been Triple H's little pet project so, um, over the past five to six years. I think he'll try still keep the reins on it. He might listen to ideas from Vince, but I think he'll have the overall say on it. And also, this with the XFL starting next year, it might have Vince away from it as well. So obviously, Vince is looking forward to build that up more than NXT really on the USA. But I yeah. overly think Triple H will be solely in control. He might have he's got his crew there who would help him. I think he's got a diverse selection on his panel. He will guide. He will guide him what decisions to do. But I think he, overall, what he's been doing has been top notch. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. To be honest with you, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I, I do hope what you're saying actually plays out. I mean, I, I do think in order for NXT to continue being as, as popular um, as it as it has been, as it always has been, I think that the thing with NXT is it's it's got the cool factor. It's got the cool factor because it's got uh, wrestlers that are allowed to uh, be themselves, to wrestle their own style not without too many limitations um, and storylines are allowed to play out properly with a beginning, a middle and an end. And I think that's what people have always loved about the NXT product. It feels more real. It feels like a proper, um, a proper wrestling company. And like I say, it has that cool factor, um, which is what all wrestling fans have enjoyed about it so much. I think once you get kind of the, the big bosses tinkering and getting involved, it will lose its cool factor and may not be as popular. Um, and that could be to its detriment. And I really hope that Vince McMahon trusts Triple H and his team that usually do the NXT uh, shows at full sale and the takeovers to do what they've always done very, very well. Um, but um, there's, there's always going to be that temptation, I think, uh, if NXT does become popular, you never know, Vince McMahon might want to tinker with it. But as you quite rightly said, he has the XFL in mind. And the XFL starts, I think, um, early 2020. So that's going to be his, his pet project that will hopefully keep him distracted and hopefully keep him away from tinkering too much or at all um, from the NXT brand. So it's all very exciting now. AEW have their Wednesday Night Dynamite show, and that starts on the 2nd of October this year. So NXT goes to the USA Network and uh, to their two-hour live show on the 18th of September. So they're going to have a, a couple of weeks head start on Wednesday Night Dynamite, hopefully to build a bit of an audience and to get their name out there and to have that little bit of familiarity before the AEW uh, brand starts their weekly show so they have the, the jump on AEW essentially so hopefully uh, the transition from one hour to two hours and from pre-recorded to live won't uh, hinder the NXT brand and my hope is that it will give the, 
the the roster the very quite a large roster of NXT talent and opportunity to get some TV time and to make names for themselves. Um, what's your thoughts on NXT being the direct competition to AEW? Because when AEW were first launched, it was seen as AEW versus WWE. Now it seems that NXT are going to be the competition for AEW. Now, if you look at it, They've both got uh, very similar rosters when you look at it, um, both with rosters with some established names, with um, some uh, household names, but still quite a, a developing roster, developing talent roster between the two brands. So they both kind of match up quite similar to one another, in my opinion. Um, but uh, how do you think this kind of wednesday night war could materialize between w between nxt and aew how do you think that could play out then ashley uh i overly think it could play off i think it seems to have it all out um next week possibly uh so obviously build off they'll have to build up from their pay-per-view next week and hopefully what happens to that might draw eyes to their product more than go to them nxt mainly but Overall, I felt when AEW was set up, their main competition was NXT, not WWE as such, as most of the people who watch WM have network subscribe mainly for NXT, because that's the where they get they enjoy most of their wrestling from the WWE brand as such. Yeah, yeah, no, good point, good point. So uh, I, for one, am looking forward to it. And for those of you that are concerned that you might not get an opportunity to see NXT every single week like you do currently, uh, the good news is that it will remain on the WWE Network. However, it won't be playing out on a, on a Wednesday evening. Um, it will be playing out on a Thursday evening. So it will be uh, shown on the network 24 hours later. Um, so certainly for those of us that live outside of North America in the UK, such as myself and Ashley, we'll get to see um, NXT every Thursday night. Or, you know, I think with the time difference, we'll probably have a, a better chance of watching it on Fridays, of course. Um, but uh, fear not, it will still be played out on the WWE Network every single week, but just with a 24 hour delay. So that, that, that I, I'm, been trying to figure out in my own head over the last couple of days how that might impact the wrestling with jonas podcast because quite often i do record on a thursday night um having watched nxt and nxt uk um kind of the previous evening or th that morning um and now it, it means that uh, the wrestling with jonas podcast which focuses quite a lot on the nxt product uh, might be more frequently either on friday nights or possibly saturdays once we've had a chance to watch it and catch up with the product so that 24-hour delay could have a small impact on the podcast but not a huge one but um Let's have a little look at uh, NXT UK from this week then, Ashley. So uh, you've got some notes there, but it was quite a, quite a, an entertaining hour of wrestling. And um, although NXT will be going to two hours, NXT UK should remain at just one, which makes it uh, still the, the kind of manageable bite-sized hour that we all love and enjoy. But uh, this week's episode of NXT UK opened with a match, uh, The Hunt versus Imperium. So Imperium made up of um, Eichner and Bartel, of course. So this was a very competitive match between these two teams, with both teams getting their fair share of action. At one point, 
the hunt looked as though they were going to pinch the match. They were, they were going to steal the match. There were some close near falls uh, for both teams, but certainly the hunt looked as if they were in the hunt for winning the match at one point. However, after stereo drop kicks from Eichner and Bartel, they managed to get Wild Boar up for the power bomb flying European uppercut combo for the one, two, three pin for victory. And the combination of Eichner and Bartel, uh, Imperium won the match against a very spirited uh, effort from the Hunt, um, Primate and Wild Boar. So this was a really fun opening match to kick off this week's NXT UK with Imperium working hard. They did have to work hard for their victory. Um, Ashley, what did you think of this opening match on this week's NXT UK? Uh, I think it was a very solid match. This was, there was one point in the match which just bizarred me. Um, Wild Boar had, I think it was Ivan at the time, he had him in a bin, kind of, kind of elevator, but he was biting his ear because you wouldn't really associate with a face. Yeah. Really doing the heel kind of tactic, I thought, okay, that's just a bit weird. Just thought he's just a little something he just marked off in his character. Um, yeah. It was a sort of match. It built up through good offense from both teams, and teamwork by Imperium was top-notch working on each member um, individually and getting up the win in the end. Before, uh, how would this like do in the future if they would like? Pursue if they want to be the dominant being forced and being NXT UK, let's propel them up to being tag team title soon. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me after TakeOver Cardiff to see Imperium possibly uh, in with a shout against uh, whoever comes out of Cardiff as the tag team champions. Uh, so I've got my theory on what might happen and how Imperium might potentially be in a tag title contendership after Cardiff, but uh, I think that they definitely deserve a shot at the bounce at some point, but, but, but because the current champions are heels, they're not necessarily going to have Imperium go up against the grizzled young veterans until um, after the dust has settled from Cardiff, so we shall see, but uh, you're quite right, I think Imperium, Eichner and Bartel make an excellent team, and their, their tandem offence, their double team manoeuvres are always very, very impressive, they do work together like a well-oiled team, um, but uh, another victory for the Imperium duo and of course uh, uh, they haven't got a match at Cardiff so it'll be interesting to see what role they play um, in Cardiff next Saturday night but um, after the match Sid Scala then formally announces that Noam Dar will indeed get a match at TakeOver Cardiff and he will face Travis Banks who had his opportunity at TakeOver Blackpool taken away from him um, and he was replaced in a match against Jordan Devlin with Finn Balor of course you may remember but uh, Travis Banks will be going up against Noam Dar um, it's made official by Sid Scala um, for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff in just one week's time Speaking of Imperium, then there's a, a backstage footage of uh, one of the members of Imperium getting attacked. Um, I can't remember which one it was to start off with. I think it was, I know Bar, that... um, it was Fabian Knight. He went into the dressing right. room. He yes. got attacked by the mysterious assailant, who will be revealed later. Yeah. And then uh, he kept the mysterious assailant came out and attacked Bartel before he entered the locker room. Yes, so I know that uh, each member of Imperium kind of got picked off throughout the night by this uh, mystery attacker, uh, and we'll find out who that is a little bit later on. Then we go into match number two, uh, Kaylee Ray versus Shax. So Shax, I think, recently had a tryout when the WWE or NXT were over in the UK. Um, I'm not sure if she's been signed or not, but she certainly got her NXT UK debut against the 
number one contender to Tony Storm's championship, Kaylee Ray. So uh, this is Shax's NXT UK debut, as I mentioned. However, she's definitely building a name for herself on the indie scene. Is she a wrestler that you've seen uh, at any indie shows, Ashley? Are you familiar with Shax? Uh, no, not really. I've heard the name spread about. And there's a couple yep. of people I follow on social media who like praised her over um, over the past day and um, past day on social media with her debut and that. But I've not really seen her because I think she's mainly um, competes in the northern area. So I think she's built from Sheffield. So I think it's like kind of that area she's predominantly uh, wrestles in. Ah, so maybe our listener and occasional guest host Dan Grantham might have seen her because he watches Breed up in Sheffield. So maybe she's uh, kind of wrestled on some of their shows. But uh, in this match, Kaylee Ray definitely appears to be intent on sending out a clear message to the current champion, Tony Storm. Uh, Shax gets a surprise two count, however, from a roll up. Uh, but Kaylee Ray re- rewards Shax's effort with a wicked clothesline uh, and an overhand slap. Kaylee Ray connects with a, a stunning crescent kick to the jaw of Shax before getting the pinfall with an impressive gory bomb. So Kaylee Ray, I, I think pound for pound, is probably the best women's wrestler, certainly in the UK, if not across Europe, and certainly one of the best in the world, in my opinion. Um, I think that her match against Tony Storm next Saturday is going to be, uh, if I'm honest with you, it's probably the match that I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, but after the match, Kaylee Ray gets on the, gets on the microphone. She has known Tony for a long time and she wants you all to know what a weak and a fragile individual she is. And she will take the one thing that means the most to her, her NXT UK Women's Championship. Just then, Tony Storm makes her entrance. Kaylee Ray Ray says that uh, she was Tony Storm's best friend at one point and for many years. And Tony is the reason they don't talk anymore. Tony is the reason none of her friends or family members don't talk to her anymore. And she was the reason why her own father walked away and abandoned her as a little girl. Just then, Tony snaps, as you would expect, and drops Kaylee Ray uh, with the challenger to the women's championship, obviously getting into Tony's head and under her skin after that vicious and hard to hear war of words from KLR, um, adding yet more fuel to the fire in the lead up to their match in Cardiff. Uh, as if you need any more reason to be excited for this match. Um, what did you think of Kaylee Ray's kind of uh, mic work after this match and some of the kind of quite cutting remarks that she had for Tony Storm um, after her match and after a win against Shax? What's your thoughts then, Ashley? Uh, I think it was a very good primo. He's using, uh, using their strength well there. Because um, Tony, it's best, I think, Tony not to respond verbally because I feel she's not the most confident on mic yet. Um, the crowds as well was just a bit off I think for this being an episode in general I'll bring up another point later on um, but you could you could also see when you watch it how it looks like Tony was trying to hold back tears when T- uh, Kaylee Ray was laying into her with her words yeah it certainly was some, some cutted remarks um, but uh, I thought that Kaylee Ray was excellent on the microphone here I mean you mentioned that Tony Storm her her strengths aren't necessarily her mic work um, or a promo ability. Um, she's much better as an in-ring competitor, not necessarily her promo skills. But Kaylee Ray seems to have her mic work and her promo work in the ring down to a fine art. So uh, I was really impressed with the way that Kaylee Ray managed to kind of add an extra level of uh, intrigue and excitement as we lead into their championship match uh, uh, next Saturday in Cardiff. 
then Jordan Devlin is being interviewed backstage by Radsey, um, asking why he's not on the card for TakeOver Cardiff, uh, when the lucky un, Kevin, Kenny Williams, approaches Devlin, saying that if Jordan didn't spend his time moaning as much, then he might find himself on the TakeOver card. This leads to Williams challenging Devlin to a match on next week's NXT UK, saying that he will show him that he will be uh, lucky enough to bet against the Irish ace. So that, that that's a pretty good match. Personally, I'm quite disappointed that um, Jordan Devlin isn't going to be wrestling um, on TakeOver Cardiff. Uh, but what was your thoughts on Jordan Devlin and uh, his match with Kenny Williams next week? Uh, I think it should be an interesting match. This is um, obviously a different contrast to styles. Obviously, both are known for having like high flying abilities. From both Devlin, obviously, um, maybe he's a round and pound guy, really. But uh, Kenny Williams is more of an aerial kind of challenger. Yeah. Uh, they should. I think they could work well, but it's a hard one to say without even know what's how the match will go. But with Devlin himself, I feel very unharsh on him not being on the card for takeover next week. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got a, a sneaking suspicion that we'll probably see Jordan Devlin in Cardiff one way, shape or form. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's on the undercard. I know there's going to be a couple of dark matches, uh, which will obviously be featured on the next week's episode of NXT UK, I should imagine, um, after TakeOver Cardiff. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll see how that match plays out when Jordan Devlin takes on Kenny Williams next week on NXT UK. And obviously, um, th- these episodes of NXT UK were filmed a few weeks ago in Plymouth at the Plymouth Pavilion as part of their TV tapings. Um, so we shall see how that match plays out on next week's episode. And of course, we'll be covering it right here on the podcast. Then we go to our next match, Mark Andrews versus James Drake. Now, this match will give Mark Andrews a chance to earn himself and Flash Morgan Webster, his tag team partner, a shot at the tag team championships against the Grizzled Young Veterans in a possible three-way match against GYV and Gallus in Cardiff. Of course, Morgan Webster won in his match against Mark Coffey last week and this week it's Mark Andrews' chance to put their team one step closer to that possible three-way in Cardiff. So Mark Andrews gets a, a close near fall from a standing moonsault on Mr. Mayhem. Uh, Drake gets a two count of his own from a drop kick to the face of Andrews in the centre of the ring. Drake then gets another two count after two vicious backbreakers. Uh, there's plenty of amusing chants towards James Drake and Zach Gibson in this match, like you hear most weeks on NXT UK when these two are on screen. Uh, Mark Andrews then hits an enziguri, knocking Drake out of the ring, which uh, Andrews follows up with, with with a dive through the ropes onto his opponent on the outside. There's an impressive spot with James Drake hoisting Andrews onto his shoulders, only for Andrews to reverse the hold into a wicked DDT. Just then as Andrews is about to ascend to the top, he's distracted by Zach Gibson on the outside, only to be caught with a running drop kick from James Drake. Then from out of nowhere, Andrews connects with a spiked reverse runner on James Drake. But before Andrews could capitalise on the move, we then get Wolfgang and Mark Coffey come down to the ringside to get involved in a war of words with Zach Gibson on the outside. Also distracting James Drake, who is uh, dropped with a surprising stun dog millionaire. And Mark Andrews hooks the leg and gets the one, two, three. So it looks like Gallus' Gallus's involvement on the outside distracted the Grizzled Young Veterans, leading to James Drake's roll-up. Well, it was a stun dog millionaire and uh, surprise victory from Mark Andrews. Ashley, this was an excellent fast-paced match, um, and this was kind of the main event match for this week's NXT UK. 
with Mark Andrews pulling out all the stops to defeat James Drake to get another step closer to that inevitable three-way tag match in Cardiff. What were your thoughts on this match? Uh, and what were your thoughts, or what's your thoughts on kind of the three teams that could be involved uh, for the tag team titles in Cardiff next Saturday night? Um, I firmly believe that with their two victories, uh, Flash Morgan last week and Mark Andrews this week, I feel like they are becoming um, legit contenders and, and possible um, you know, future tag team champions. And they seem to be building to an ultimate kind of like underdog story. Um, and and, and the, the underdog story could uh, come to fruition in like a fairy tale ending in Cardiff. But uh, what's your thoughts on kind of how this has all played out? It's been quite a clever storyline with how uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster have been able to um, fight their way into a three-way match in Cardiff. But so give us your thoughts on all of this then. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. It was my match of the night at Foul Show. Uh, as I pointed out earlier, there's like weird chanting from the crowds. There's like three points during the match where they were just chanting... Trying to Gibson, even though he wasn't in the match, you could even see at one point on his face, he was like, What the hell are you doing? Focus on the being talent in the ring. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, there was good, good, uh, good chemistry between the two. They've worked before, uh, worked before, uh, together. Obviously, uh, saw them live, I think they uh, had a, they were in a 34 way match together on 255 when they was in London back in May. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, uh coming out, which is like obviously. Uh, causing distraction for being Andrews being hit uh, hit the stone on a there and get the win there's like one, one there's one traits in wrestling you don't do with Mark Andrews you don't go for a suplex on Mark Andrews there's certain traits in wrestling you don't do on wrestlers and that's one of them yeah yeah definitely so just as the match kind of comes to an end uh we, we, we see trait seven and he comes through the crowd and into the ring um so one of the features that we've been building up to um, in this week's NXT UK was a face-to-face meeting, a face-to-face confrontation between Walter, the current WWE UK champion and former champion Tyler Bate, a big strong boy, of course. Um, and of course, we've had this mystery assailant, this mystery attacker picking off members of Imperium throughout the night. Um, he's taken out Marcel Bartel. He's taken out Fabian Eichner. But then Trent Seven gets into the ring. Um, just then Walter comes out and he's got Alexander Wolf behind him. Uh, and as Walter goes to uh, uh, kind of, I don't know, confront Trent Seven, who's, who's kind of like jeering him on from inside the ring. Tyler Bate then picks off Alexander Wolf on the rampway with a steel chair. Um, and then that gives uh, Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate an opportunity to beat down Walter. Uh, and then eventually Tyler Bate beats down Walter even more with the steel chair before delivering his Tyler driver 97, giving him all of the momentum as we get ever closer to that massive main event match in Cardiff next week for the WWUK Championship. So I thought this was a, a really clever angle and a really clever storyline that they played throughout this episode. So from the beginning of the episode all the way through to the end, there was this mystery attacker, each member of Imperium getting picked off. Um, culminating in Tyler Bates eventually hitting his Tyler driver on the much bigger Walter. Um, and at the end of the show, we saw Tyler Bates standing over Walter with the WWUK Championship in his hand, held aloft with Walter flat on his back in the middle of the ring. So a really impressive way to cap off this week's episode. What was your thoughts on this closing segment? Uh, the involvement of Trent Seven, Alexander Wolf, Tyler Bates um, and Walter. Give us your thoughts. 
Uh, when Trent came out initially, I thought, okay, obviously it's paying off the chance that he got written off by Imperium in one of the last in episode of them when it was at Download Festival. Obviously, he's kind of been. You would have thought originally he was the man who attacked Ben Marcel Bartel and Fabian Arkley backstage. But then, obviously, it's just the lure for Walter and Wolf to come out and have bait to sneak, uh, sneak up on Wolf and then get, <coughs> help gang up on Walter and literally set up in pathway for him, him and well, Bait and Walter to have a clear one-on-one contest. So it's yeah. literally Bait's trying to get rid of all the being associated with the Imperium and try to make sure it's an even playing field going into that match. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun tactic and uh, a really fun storyline, like, like I said, that played out throughout the whole episode of NXT 2K this week. So overall, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a really fun episode. Uh, we had a, a fun and hard-hitting match between The Hunt and Imperium to kick the show off, and I thought that was a very good opening match. Then we had a really good match between Mark Andrews and James Drake, uh, not to mention the... Uh, the, the, the very stinging and kind of hard to hear promo from Kaylee Ray on Tony Storm, adding even more fuel to the fire um, to their match at Takeover Cardiff. Then we saw Tyler Bate, as we just mentioned, pick off each member of Imperium throughout the night, um, leading to him eventually standing over Walter after hitting his Tyler Driver 97 uh, with the UK bout aloft. So uh, a really good episode of NXT UK. Have you always been a fan of NXT UK, Ashley? Have you, have you kind of seen it from the very start on the WWE Network? Uh, how much of a fan are you of uh, of this show in particular? Uh, yeah, I've watched it since episode one. I was also lucky enough to be at Fear at the North World start of NXT UK back at Royal Albert Hall last year. The th- well, ah. first night at the UK tournament where Zach Gibson won. Then the second night, which was a crossover between NXT UK and NXT. Right, very impressive. Yes, that's one show that I really am quite annoyed with myself that I missed out on last year because there was so much good action over them two nights. But uh, I've spoken to people that were there and they said that uh, it was fantastic. And of course, um, you, you know, you were there as well. So you know how good it was. Let's have a quick look at the NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff card as it stands. Um, I think the, the main card is set. They usually only have five matches at uh, TakeOvers like this, for example. Um, Tony Storm versus Kaylee Ray. Now, these two have had many matches over the years. They've been uh, best of friends, bitter enemies. Um, they've had quite a strong storyline in NXT UK with uh, Tony Storm being the current champion. Kaylee Ray's been a, a very, very dominant since she's come onto the brand a few months ago. Uh, what's your thoughts on this match at the moment? Tony Storm versus uh, Kaylee Ray. Um, can, have you got a, a favourite? Can you can you pick a winner out of these two? Um, it's hard to say before going to see what happens next week, but overall, I think it's literally a hard one to say. You can either go it's 50-50 way, I can see it going, but I see how dominant they've been pushing Katie Ray. I can see her picking up picking up the title and dethroning Tony. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a really strong match, um, definitely. Then you've got. Um, what, what I think, I don't know if it's been 100% confirmed yet, but I believe it's going to be the triple threat for the NXT UK tag team titles. The current champions, the Grizzled Young Veterans, and they were the first ever, they are the first ever and the only NXT UK tag team champions. They were crowned um, in a match against Mustache Mountain in NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool in January. They've held the championships ever since. They are going up against Gallus. That's going to be Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. 
and uh, against uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews as the third team. Um, who, who, who do you kind of favour in that? Do you see a title change happening? Uh, do you think uh, we could get a, a shock on the night or do you think the Grizzled Young Veterans are going to hold on to their belts? Uh, just to confirm that that match has been made official because I think it's ah. been made official over day of recording. It's been made official over social media. I've seen both I think Mark Andrew and Flash Morgan Webster both post it on Twitter and their Instagram accounts as well. Um, Fantastic. I can, uh, I can see Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster come close in the match. They'll obviously they'll be going off the being hometown crowd feeling, obviously try to get a big pop, good, good win, uh, good win feeling from the home crowd. But mm-hmm. overall, I think you, w- I don't think you want to build <coughs> Grizzly Young Veterans as your dominant team and not have them drop the belt, even though they've held it theoretically for eight months uh, for after that kind of long time period. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm going to leave my predictions until next week. But um, then we got uh, Joe Coffey. Now, uh, Joe Coffey was in the main event of TakeOver Blackpool against Pete Dunne in what I still think is one of the matches of the year, to be honest with you. I know that uh, there were instances during the match that people think were, were botched, but I just think it added to the drama and the intensity of that match, which I still love to this day. Uh, but Joe Coffey will be going up against Dave Mastiff. Now, Dave Mastiff went up against uh, Eddie Dennis in Blackpool. But this match against Joe Coffey is going to be another kind of uh, knockdown, drag out kind of... I, I, I don't know if it's been confirmed as a, as a false count anywhere or is it a last man standing match yes. yeah um yeah johnny saint confirmed i think it was last week it was a yeah. last man standing i think also there was a vignette as well this week but before them going into leading this match as well was confirmed it was a last man standing match so i mean i think between these two two big tough um hard hitting individuals and i think you're going to get some action inside and outside of the ring and there could be some weapons used as well but uh yeah i love joe coffee i love dave mastiff i think that's going to be a really hard hitting match and it wouldn't surprise me if that one kicks off the show next saturday night to get people kind of uh, off to off to a really um big start so uh, and then of course it was confirmed this week on nxt uk that noam dar will be going up against travis banks um what's your thoughts on noam dar versus travis banks have you have you got a favorite to win out of those two um, it's another one really I can see it's another one that's like 50-50 booking I can see I can see why Trav should win and also I can see why Noam should win but overall I think possibly Noam might win to build up this whole this, this, um, this cocky arrogant style he's come over from the States from 205 Live he's literally boasting about oh I've got this lucrative contract to be on NXT UK I can have this I can have that I can see him just literally just play off that and get him, try to get him higher up the bit um, or try to prepare himself up of the card, try to get another shot at the NXT UK title. Yeah, and and you know it wouldn't surprise me if Noam Dar. I think that Noam Dar. Um, I've become more of a fan of his heel personality over the last few weeks and months. Um, although I find him incredibly annoying, I think that kind of proves that he's doing his job as a heel very well. Uh, because that he, he is, let's be honest, uh, you know, he's got a he's got a face that you just want to punch, and uh, somebody that you know that, that you're going to boo naturally, much like a Zach Gibson. He is a proper out and out heel. So, uh, um, but I think because of that, um, I think he's got. Uh, 
more of a, a total package over Travis Banks. I think Travis Banks lacks uh, in the personality department, in my opinion. But I wouldn't mind seeing Noam Dar go over in that match. And then you're on to your main event, Walter, the current WWE United Kingdom champion against Tyler Bate. Um, it's essentially a rematch from almost a year ago to the day when they fought each other at Progress Hello Wembley at Wembley Arena. Um, what, how do you think that one's going to play out? And do you have a favourite? Um, I feel it was going to play out similar to there being matches they had at Wembley for Progress. Um, two different contrasts to start off. You've got the big hard-hitting being Chops and Walton. And you've got Tyler, who tried to use his speed and agility to try to get around him. But overall, I feel that Walton will overpower Tyler and when it won't say comfortably but have um, a strong show from Tyler where he'll get a couple close very near pinfalls but what will just literally just outpower outpower him outmaneuver him just to get the win yeah it's definitely going to be the ultimate David versus Goliath encounter and uh, yeah that one's going to be I, th- I think if they give them a good 25-30 minutes Oh, that could be one of the matches of the year. They can definitely it's... go 30 minutes because their match for progress went half an hour. Yeah. So they, yeah, have, so... Got, they, they have got the, the ability to go at least half an hour. Definitely. And I think the longer it goes, the more that could play to the advantage of Tyler Bate being the smaller, more agile guy. Um, but uh, And I think the longer it goes, the, the, you know, the, the, the bigger... Um, a chance that Tyler Bate will have to capture the championship. It's going to be a nail-biter. That's all I can say. It's definitely going to be a nail-biter, and it's going to have people on the edge of their seats and people standing um, to watch the match next Saturday night, and that's going to be an amazing main event. So we've briefly covered NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff and the card of the matches that are going to be taking place next Saturday night. Uh, Let's let's move on to this week's NXT. Um, So this is the, the first... Um, of the, the, the weekly tapings from the full sale tapings that took place after TakeOver Toronto from last weekend. Um, and this week, it, it kind of kicked off with the Undisputed Era. So this week's NXT starts with all four members of the Undisputed Era coming out to the ring to celebrate Adam Cole's epic two out of three falls victory over Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Toronto. Adam says that he would do everything he said he would at TakeOver. He managed to beat Johnny Gargano and he managed to retain his NXT championship. Cole calls himself the greatest NXT champion that has ever lived. Adam Cole said that if there was a Mount Rushmore, it would have Adam Cole's pretty face on it four times. Roderick Strong that gets on the mic and tells the fans that the undisputed prophecy didn't come true at TakeOver. Roddy tells us that... Uh, that was because they got screwed. Roddy went on to explain how Velveteen Dream retained the North American Championship by pinning, not him, but pinning Pete Dunne. Um, and when Dream stops ducking him, he will fulfill his part of the undisputed prophecy and become the new North American Champion. Kyle O'Reilly then gets on the microphone and presents us with some footage showing Kyle tagging Bobby Fish prior to the conclusion of their championship match against the Street Profits in Toronto with the wrong member of the Undisputed Era getting pinned for the Profits to retain their tag team championships. Cole then tells the audience that they are only two steps away from fulfilling their prophecy and two steps away from making it undisputed. That was a strong way to start this week's episode of NXT. But just as the era were making their way back up the ramp, 
um, hoping to go back to the dressing rooms. They were interrupted by the music of the winner of the NXT breakout tournament, Jordan Miles. And remember that having won that tournament, Miles gets an opportunity to challenge for an NXT championship of his choosing. So Adam Cole tells Miles that he should go challenge Shayna Baszler or go to challenge the guys in NXT UK or 205 Live because they are not up to the calibre of an Adam Cole baby. Cole then tells Miles that if he wants to make the mistake of challenging him, Cole would turn Miles' career into an undisputed failure. Jordan hands Cole's, Cole the contract but drops it to the floor as Cole reaches for it. Um, it looks as though we'll be getting Jordan Miles versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship on a future episode of NXT. And I think it's announced later on in the episode that we'll see that match in two weeks' time. So what's your thoughts on this opening segment? It was quite a long kind of promo segment from the Undisputed Era and then the appearance of Jordan Miles to cap it off, uh, making it clear what his intentions are, especially with regards to Adam Cole's NXT Championship. Uh, tell us your thoughts on this opening segment, Ashley. Uh, I really enjoyed the promo from the whole of the Undisputed Era. Got all their points across. Uh, when I watched their uh, takeover live, uh, I vaguely had a memory that I definitely saw them Bobby Fish being tagged. Tagged, you like to one of those things to see something properly there. But when they highlighted in the following week's episodes, uh, TV, it's literally confirmed the, uh, confirmed the evidence. Um, yeah. The whole thing with Jordan, I understand why Jordan Miles was casting his um, opportunity against Adam Cole, but I feel. Two weeks is kind of soon. I felt they could have kind of used it for the possibly the first episode on US TV. Yeah. Obviously, promote the champion and a fresh challenger who possibly have not been introduced predominantly on NXT. They've been on NXT for, let's say, past five weeks or so. The sure. build-up would have been title match for a longer time than the short time frame. It could have worked better for the big brand. Good point. Good point. Um, so that's definitely a match that uh, I'm going to be looking forward to uh, covering in a couple of weeks time. Um, then we see Shane Thorne backstage at the uh, WWE Performance Centre and he challenges his fellow Australian countryman Bronson Reed. So Bronson Reed was another uh, standout competitor on the NXT breakout tournament, uh, setting up a match between the two of them for later on in tonight's episode. Then the first match of the night features Mansoor. So you may remember Mansoor. He won the, I think it was a 50-man a battle royal in Saudi Arabia in April, just after WrestleMania. Uh, so he won the battle royal in front of all of his countrymen. Um, Damien Priest, however, um, it looked amazing as he made his entrance. Um, and quite an impressive entrance it was too. So they definitely uh, put in a lot of uh, a lot of effort behind Damien Priest and his overall presentation and his entrance did look absolutely amazing. So. To kick off this match, Priest connects with several stiff knee lifts, but uh, Mansoor almost gets an upset fairly early on with a small a small package and a step-up in Zaguri before delivering a brilliant Topecon hero and then a slingshot DDT. Uh, Priest recovers to put an end to the match with like a razor's edge uh, type manoeuvre before putting Mansoor out of his misery with his reckoning finishing manoeuvre uh, for the impressive win. But Mansoor did put up a great fight and managed to deliver some impressive moves. But it wasn't enough and it wasn't to be against the more experienced NXT newcomer, Damian Priest. 
Uh, give us your thoughts on this match. Um, like I say, they appear to give Mansoor an opportunity to show uh, what he's capable of. He did get uh, some shots in on Damian Priest, um, but it looks like Damian Priest is definitely somebody that NXT are looking to push for the future. He's got a good look. He's got a good entrance. He's got some excellent moves. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, I was impressed with the match, especially with how Mansoor was put over and how he was able to get his moves set across. When he had that pre flurry up, when he got them in the sneaky small package, and then obviously caught Ben Priest off guard, I thought he was showing off his potential very well. But overall, I think it was a dominant performance by Priest in the end. The overall showed his strengths and how he's going to be built for the future, possibly. I could see him in the future, not the near future, but in the future being a future NXT champion, but I could see him potentially challenge for the NXT North American title in the near future. Yeah, good shout, good shout. Are they uh, promoting him as a, as a babyface or as a heel? I can't quite make out uh, what side of the fence he sits on at the moment. Can you figure it out? The only thing, I, could, I think when he first started off, I'll say he was a face, but I think the match he had with Keith Lee, towards the end of the match, he, ta- he had more heel tactics than mm. face tactics in that match on how he won that match. So I'll mm. say, it's a, it's a weird one. It's like he's... It's either one of three things, either a face, a tweener, or a heel. So it's like one of those things he's like, you say stuck in the middle as a tweener, but it's like neither side pointing to it either way at the moment. But I'll say he's pointing more to the heel side. Yeah, I can see that as well. I can see that. But uh, I think for as long as uh, heels get cheered by the fans, that kind of automatically makes some baby faces uh, for for, the, for for that factor alone. But uh, we shall see. He's definitely popular with the fans, nonetheless, and he's got a great yeah. There are yeah. There are, there are over the years you have certain factions who are cool heels like Undisputed Era, and obviously back in the day when he had like the NWA, they were like a cool um, a cool heel faction that people were interested in because it was something new and different. Definitely. Yeah, and then we get our next match, uh, Mia Yim. Now, she was the uh, the number one contender, an unsuccessful challenger to Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship in TakeOver Toronto. Here she's facing Vanessa Bourne. So she, Vanessa Bourne accompanied to the ring by her uh, best friend, Aliyah. Uh, so Aliyah, Aliyah, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name. Aliyah, Aliyah gets involved. It is. is it Aliyah? Yeah, she yeah. gets involved early on in this match, uh, grabbing Mia Yim's foot as she comes off the ropes. Uh, Vanessa Bourne then gets the first two count of the match uh, with a Samoan drop uh the former number one contender Mia Yim uh she didn't take too long to dispose of Vanessa Bourne in this match after a running cannonball um onto Bourne in the corner followed by her eat to feet finisher for the one two three however Mia didn't have too long uh, to celebrate her victory here um as Shayna Baszler comes down uh, the ramp with a microphone in hand Baszler calls Bourne a a, a badass and tells her that uh, she took her to places that she's never been to before at TakeOver Toronto and appear, she appears to be giving her challenger um, some, some props to her former challenger. Baszler tells Yim that they don't have to stand across from one another like enemies when Yim could stand right beside her. And uh, that is a, 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 that it's a nice that it's nice and uh, warm under the dragon's wing. So she's essentially inviting uh, Mia Yim to join the horsewomen here um, alongside Baszler and Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. 
Mia Yim then declines Baszler's offer and attacks Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir before being beaten down herself, adding another layer to her rivalry with Shayna Baszler. So she had an opportunity to join the four horsewomen, uh, but um, she declined and it looks like Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler's feud is going to continue. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on this little segment here? And uh, what's your thoughts on Mia Yim overall? Is she kind of uh, a favourite of yours? I mean, what's your thoughts on her and and uh, being a, a challenger to Shayna Baszler's championship again, it, it would appear? Uh, with Mia Yim in general, I've enjoyed her work where she's been on the past two May Young Classics. She's been a bit hit and miss, really, on the being brands recently. She yeah. even, like, either love or you don't like her. This literally just built up to literally there's going to be another match well I can see potentially being a main draw card uh, main draw match on the thing, possibly on the first episode of them and it's still on USA you build up a rivalry that's been established yeah. haven't it been shown to a wider audience but hopefully they build up the thing, well not chemistry as much but have a bit stronger shown than they did at Toronto yeah. Do you think they're, they're struggling to come up with uh, legit contenders for Shayna Baszler's championship? Um, it's, it's nobody that really stands out at the moment. I mean, you've had a lot of people go up to the main roster. Um, for those of you that may have seen the spoilers, there is somebody from the NXT UK brand that makes an appearance um, in these tapings to confront Shayna Baszler. But looking at the NXT women's roster, um, do you think that it's, do you think that it's a, a very strong roster? There doesn't seem to be anybody obvious that jumps out as being a, a credible contender to Shayna Baszler's championship. What's your thoughts? Uh, Jimmy, the only, there's only two people I feel who theoretically could challenge her was Adia Shirai and possibly Candice LeRae on the NXT, NXT brand. But overall, in the deep talent pool of NXT UK, there's no one really shouting out really and who will challenge her in the future. Mm, yeah, it'd be interesting. But uh, I'm sure we'll see in a few weeks' time uh, that person I alluded to from the NXT UK brand that does confront Shayna Baszler and how that might uh, how that might kind of bring us into a different direction for the women's championship. It's then announced that we will finally be getting uh, the much anticipated rematch between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic in a feud that started earlier on this year, I think over six months ago, and was meant to have a, a blow off over WrestleMania weekend. But uh, injuries paid, uh, put uh, that to rest uh, with both Keith Lee and Dijakovic suffering injuries earlier on in the year. However, a date has been set, and that date is next week uh, when these two athletic, dynamic, and charismatic individuals clash six months after their original much-talked-about encounter, um, and it's going to be playing out next week on NXT. And, of course, we'll be covering it right here on the Wrestling With Jonas podcast. Uh, then we get our next match now it was kind of built up earlier from a, a backstage confrontation between Bronson Reed and Shane Thorne and it's of course the match between those two individuals in this match uh, Bronson Reed takes the match to Shane Thorne with an impressive sit out spine buster to start the match before nailing Thorne with a running knee in the corner uh, before Thorne wriggles his way out of a, a gorilla press uh, with a rake to the eyes of his much larger opponent Shane Thorne then gets a close near fall after a running sent on in the corner with the fans getting firmly behind Bronson Reed in this match. Uh, Bronson Reed delivers a power slam and a Samoan drop and a sent on before delivering two huge avalanche splashes in the corners, uh, sending his opponent to the outside of the ring. 
Reed then goes to the top turnbuckle to attempt his splash from the top, uh, only for Thorne to react quickly, knocking Reed off the top rope uh, to deliver a running knee strike with Thorne hooking the leg to get the pinfall victory. And Shane Thorne appears to be picking up a little bit of a winning streak here. Um, so uh, this was a pretty good match. Great to see Shane Thorne um, develop his character a bit more. And I was really impressed once again with uh, Bronson Reed, quite an athletic big guy um, that uh, seems to have the fans on his side. But what was your thoughts on this match between these two? Uh, I thought it was another decent match between the two. Uh, it just showed um, Bronson Reed's obviously it's his third match in front of the full sale crowd. Obviously, hopefully have future being ma- uh, more matches and build up his credentials on the brand. Uh, Shane Thorne seems to be He's going through all the impassing competitors through the breakout toilet type people one by one by one, trying to establish himself as a big, well, a, get a name in, on the brand and try getting possibly higher up onto the card and sort of challenge for another title in the future. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, but I've, I thoroughly enjoyed this and it was good to see um, two relatively fresh faces on this week's NXT. And like I said, when they do go to the USA Network and have that second hour, you'll see more of these type of individuals that don't get a lot of exposure, hopefully get a little bit more TV time in that second hour. Um, then we get an, a, an appearance from the Velveteen Dream, who says that the spotlight is on Roderick Strong. And the next time the two of them meet, it will be dream over for Roddy. Uh, we then get an announcement confirming that Jordan Miles will indeed be cashing in his NXT breakout tournament contract against Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. And that match will take place in just two weeks time. And uh, after the opening segment of this week's show, it was also confirmed that the Street Profits will be putting their NXT Tag Team Championships on the line against Undisputed Era. And that match will be taking place next week. So on our NXT UK Cardiff Go Home show with Kieran Reid next week, not only will we get excited about all the matches that's going to be taking place on Saturday the 31st in Cardiff but we'll also have the match between the Street Profits and the Undisputed Era to talk about so I'm looking forward to covering that match next week and then we get the main event of this week's show Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle uh, so this match has been building for a number of weeks now with Dane setting his sights on Matt Riddle ever since he made his return to NXT uh, with several brutal ringside attacks first driving Riddle through the stage uh, and then at TakeOver Toronto, Dane and Riddle got into an unscheduled, impromptu brawl, uh, ended with Dane sending Riddle crashing off the stage through two tables, all leading to this match tonight. Um, Riddle's kind of bandaged up his ribs, obviously still uh, selling the injury from Toronto. However, with Dane being the first man to make his entrance, he, wait, he waits for his opponent to make his entrance uh, from the stage, but instead Riddle chooses to take a page out of Killian Dane's book and sneak attack Dane from behind uh, to get this match started. And like I say, Riddle has is, is got his uh, ribs taped up from the attack in Toronto. Both men brawl around the ring with Riddle Riddle connecting with a flying forearm off the ring steps on the outside. Killian Dane then soon takes control with a brutal attack back inside the ring with Dane paying attention to Riddle's injured and taped up ribs. Riddle then reverses a vertical suplex from Dane into uh, and he connects with like a fisherman suplex of his own before nailing an exploder suplex and a broton for the first two count of the match. Riddle then executes a delayed German suplex on the 300 pound uh, monster. However, Dane makes a quick recovery to drop Riddle with a shotgun drop kick and a cannibal into the corner for another two count. 
Riddle then hits a GTS, or he calls it the the Bro to Sleep, uh, which is quite an amusing name there, and a take on the, the Go to Sleep, um, and a power bomb before connecting with a, a flash knee strike for another close near fall. And the crowd, they're loving every moment of this match. Dane then sends Riddle crashing into the ring post, sending Riddle to the outside with Riddle this time avoiding the charge from Dane and Dane this time colliding with the ring steps. This allows Riddle to attempt to powerbomb, uh, trying to powerbomb Dane onto the steel ring steps. However, Killian Dane reverses the move into what was meant to be a, a backdrop Um only in like a, a really scary moment, uh, Riddle lands face first to onto the edge of the ring steps. Um, luckily, Matt Riddle he, he wasn't seriously injured from that move, but I'm sure it hurt a hell of a lot. Dane then takes advantage of Riddle being out of out for the count uh, by adding further punishment with a sent on with Riddle laying on the steel ring steps, followed by a Vader bomb uh, with Riddle laying on the ring steps. Then back inside the ring. Killian Dane connects with a further three Vader bombs before hooking Riddle's leg and getting the pin for victory. So this match was brutal in every way possible, as you would expect between these two. Uh, Matt Riddle was bleeding from the mouth by the end of it. But it was a fun, a fun, certainly wasn't a fun match for the wrestlers, but a fun match for the viewers and a really hard hitting uh, match nonetheless. After this match, uh, Matt Riddle kind of recovers and he charges up the ramp uh, and chases after Killing Dane choosing uh, the, the closing shot of this show was Matt Riddle attacking Killing Dane from behind so this match was a brutal uh, it was a brawl more than anything you couldn't really describe it as a wrestling match and the, the kind of the closing few minutes where Killing Dane was attacking Matt Riddle on the ring steps and then the Vader bombs uh, back inside the ring to conclude this match uh was 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 pretty hard hitting uh what were your thoughts in this match and kind of how it ended um and that backdrop that went wrong as well with riddle landing face first on the ring steps looked pretty brutal but uh, give us your thoughts on this main event to this week's nxt i enjoyed this match very uh, very, uh, very much um i liked um games who look for whole um uh tanks off in black jeans combat with the bin black boots um it was literally a bit Two balls going head to head against each other, literally going blow for blow against each other, trying to out, not out one each other, but obviously show how dominant they are in the ring. Uh, it looked like Riddle was had a busted lip or something, because towards the end of the match, you could see uh, Riddle had a, either bit his lip or busted up round the mid-mouth, just about yeah. the area after the third failure bomb. But literally, I, could, I definitely see that this is not the end of this feud. I can see this potentially going further down the line. Definitely, I totally agree. And although he did have blood coming out of his mouth, Riddle's mouth looked like a mouth injury, but it also kind of sold uh, possibly in, possible internal injuries as well from the from the attack from Dane and the Vader bombs on the uh, uh, on the steel ring steps and back inside the ring. So uh, um, I thought the way that it ended looked real, and it looked like they'd had a, a proper fight. And I fully agree with you. I don't think this is the last we've seen of these two inside a ring. Um, but uh, I think the, the, the blow off to their feud could be some sort of stipulation match. I don't know whether they can kind of um, hold off until uh, TakeOver War Games, which is the next big show on the NXT brand. Or, or possibly uh, they could hold off until September the 18th uh, when they premiere on the USA Network. But uh, I think this is definitely... Uh, 
a combination between these two that's got a lot more uh, in store, in my opinion. I think it's going to be another one or two really big matches between Killian Dane and Matt Riddle, uh, but definitely a fantastic way to end this week's NXT. And it's also a fantastic way to uh, end this week's episode of Wrestling with Johnners, Ashley. So uh, um, overall, I think definitely a thumbs up episode of NXT UK and a thumbs up episode of NXT. Uh, any kind of closing thoughts on what we've spoken about tonight about these two shows? Uh, overall, I think they're both solid being episodes have been TV for both NXT brands. Uh, provided good storyline uh, story development from each, each brand as well. And... There was definitely some stand-up notes, I think, from both Montessor and Bronson Reed and their matches on NXT. And I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Kelly Ray was quite dominant. And the big match between Jay Strike and Mark Hanks, who was very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some really standout matches. And like I say every single week, if you're not already watching NXT UK on the WWE Network, or if for some reason you're not already watching NXT on the WWE Network, uh, you need to really catch these two shows. Uh, like I say, NXT UK is... Uh, uh, you know, a, a very palatable one hour per week. And then, of course, NXT will be going to two hours, but still an excellent show and probably one of the best weekly wrestling shows you're likely to catch um, anywhere where you watch wrestling. So uh, there we go. But uh, hopefully we've covered NXT and NXT UK enough for you to um, enjoy those two brands even more and go out and watch them but uh, uh thank you very much ashley for helping us out with this week's uh, wrestling with jonas podcast i really appreciate your help and uh, we look forward to having you help us out with future episodes um at some point in the future but uh, have you enjoyed yourself this week ashley yes i have enjoyed it very much yeah, no, well, thank you. And uh, we look forward to, well, I look forward to seeing you in Cardiff next Saturday. Uh, I'm sure that I'll have an opportunity to catch up with you and uh, Kieran Reed in person. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the podcast at some point in the future. But uh, to the listeners, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please don't forget to hit like, subscribe and shout about this podcast. Tell your friends and tell your family and keep listening to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and NXT UK updates. Uh, without you sharing and subscribing, to this podcast we can't continue to grow so hit like share and subscribe now do it do it now people don't forget to hit us up on twitter our twitter handle is at with johnners underscore pod on instagram at wrestling with johnners and don't forget to search for our facebook community page just search wrestling with johnners and we will be back next friday as I mentioned earlier on, we'll be joined by Kieran Reed to recap next week's NXT and NXT UK. Um, and remember, it's going to be our go-home episode ahead of NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. So it'll be our predictions episode as well. We'll be looking at each of the matches uh, taking place in Cardiff and running down who we think are going to be the winners and the losers uh, as we get ever closer to uh, the, the highlight of that show being Walter defending his UK championship against the first ever UK champion, Tyler Bate looking to regain his championship. That will be a classic, and I can't wait to preview TakeOver Cardiff next Friday with Kieran. In the meantime, um, hope you all have a fantastic week, whatever you get up to, and uh, thank you for listening. Take care and speak to you all again soon. Mm-hmm.